Please join me in prayer. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, sometimes in the morning, when I first get up, I go out on our deck in the backyard and sort of just, just drink in the morning air. Just, just, you know, just so good. A lot of another day. And, and yeah, the sun's usually up. Sometimes I go and it's still dark, look at the stars, but sun's usually up by the time I walk out there. And, you know, I'll just pause. It doesn't happen every time, but sometimes I'm stunned by God's generosity. Just stunned. There's so many things that cross my mind. I mean, I'm standing in this yard, and there's grass and trees, and, you know, I, I take care of it a little bit, but, but frankly, it's all there, and I have nothing to do to make it be there. I can't cause it at all. It's just there. And then, you know, sometimes I think about this, like, how many breaths have, have I taken in my life? I tried to count it up today, and it's a million? It's got to be that many. And you know what? I never think about where the, the air will be there. It just is. God is so generous. The world is effusive with life, and we just get a draw from it. You know, and then and I just think about that. From the day, some point in my development, in the womb, my heart started to beat, right? And it's just been beating. I don't think about it. I hope I never have to think about it until I'm ready to meet Jesus. But I just, it just it's, does it. And you know what? I don't make it happen. I don't cause it. I don't will it. It just happens. It's just sheer gift, sheer grace. And that's just stuff that God's created. But then I'll stop and I'll think about Jesus, the cross, the resurrection, all that he's done for me. And he did that before I even existed. God knew about me because God knows all things, but I didn't exist. And it was done for me. I didn't ask for it. I don't deserve it at all. And it's just done for me. Sheer gift. Sheer grace. Our God is a generous God. And His generosity, just pause and think about just a few things, is mind-blowing. Just, and you know why He's that way? Because that's who He is. It says in 2 Timothy that our God is the only blessed God. And so that phrase is so interesting because to be blessed is to be happy to be filled with joy. And God himself, apart from anything else, is just blessed and happy and joy-filled. And his joy is so effusive that it just bubbles over in generosity. That's who God is. He's that for us, but if we didn't exist, he would just be that. Our God is a generous God. Well, we're finishing up a three-part series about stewardship. And we're going to end it with this homily about generosity. I think it's the capstone of stewardship. In fact, I think the other things, like learning how to baptize our wallet and make sure all the things we own, we hand over to Jesus because he really owns them anyway. That's step one. And step two is to, to manage what we have well. But those are all stepping stones into this last step. This is the goal. Generosity. Generosity like God. And God invites us 
to be generous like him. It's a huge subject. We could say so much about it. But today I want to zero in on a gift God has given us. A gift of a spiritual practice that trains us and forms us to be generous. And it's the gift of the tithe. I want to talk about the gift of the tithe. So just some simple teaching around that. If you're paying attention to the readings, it came up in the gospel, the New Testament, and of course in the Old Testament, the tithe. So this idea is something that's woven all through the Bible. It was referred to in Hebrews, but that's referring back to Genesis, where Abraham had taken spoils in a battle, and he just had this impulse. No one told him to do it. It's just there. He just did it. A tenth. Tithe means tenth. A tenth just was offered to God, just handed over to God. It shows up in the Torah, in the Mosaic Law, um, a number of places where it's just the norm for the people of God actually to, to begin with the tenth. There's other offerings besides that that go to the temple. So that's what we see in Malachi. We'll come back to that in a minute. Jesus talked about it. You heard him say how these Pharisees, they were really faithful to tithe. They neglected the weightier matters of the law, and he didn't like that, but he didn't say, don't do the other, do both. He affirms and celebrates, and even the early fathers of the church talk about the spiritual practice of the tithe. So, so what is it? Well, it's, it's a spiritual practice designed by God to be sort of like training wheels. So when I got my first bike, um, I couldn't ride it without training wheels. So I slapped on two training wheels, and... That didn't last very long because I could sort of balance already. So we took one off, and then I just had one. And just a couple days later, I was riding my bike. At least I thought I was riding it good. You know, like most kids, I wiped out all the time. I still have scars I can show in my knees from when I was like seven riding my bike. And you know how it is when you're a kid, you're wiped out, and you're like, this hurts, blood around my leg. I'm going to ride my bike all day, you know? But I had to have training wheels to learn how to ride. God wants us to learn to enter into the joy of generosity like he is generous. And he's given us the training wheel of the tithe. So what is it? Let's talk about this. I'm going to look at this Malachi text. And as I said already, the word tithe literally means tenth. It's a Hebrew word. It just means tenth. And what it is is this. In the, in the scriptures, the first tenth of everything we have and we earn is the Lord's. It's not even really what we give. It's not our giving. It just is the Lord's. It's just His. And then the rest of it is what we manage. The first tenth goes to Him that we manage the rest. That's why when Malachi is prophesying, the Lord's speaking to him, he writes this in verse 8, Will a man or a woman rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, have, you robbed, have I robbed you? And he says, in your tithes and your contributions. In other words, they weren't being faithful to give the Lord his tenth. They weren't being faithful to give the Lord his tithe. And God says, it's like you're robbing me. Now, in one sense, we know it all belongs to the Lord, ultimately. But the way the Lord trains us to make that real is this practice where the first tenth is just not ours. We don't deal with it. We don't manage it. We let go of it. And we give it to the Lord, the tithe. That's what that is. So, so the tithe is the first tenth of what God has resourced us with. 
from him, and we hand it over to him. So if you go back to last week, we talked about, you know, being wise with your money. Well, the way I think about it is this. When you budget, you take the first tenth, goes to the Lord, then you budget. That would be the way I apply that today for us. You don't budget and figure out where they can do the tenth. The tenth just is the Lord's. And you budget. That's the principle in scripture. That's the principle that Christians teach and our church teaches. So it's a tenth. You give it to the Lord, but how do you give it to the Lord? Well, the pattern that shows up all through the Bible, Abram, it's worship with the high priest and king Melchizedek. And the Torah, it's the tithe that always goes to the place of worship. When it says here, bring the tithe to the storehouse, that's a storehouse at the temple to resource Israel's worship of God. So a simple way to put it is the tithe is the Lord's tenth. They were called to give where we worship. Now, maybe, maybe you practice the tithe and you do it this way. Some people kind of treat it like it's my tithe. And they go, well, I'll give part of my tithe here and part of my tithe there and part of it there. I don't think that's biblical. Let's be honest. I think the tithe is the Lord's. And the way we surrender it to the Lord is you bring it to the church and just surrender it to the Lord where we worship. Now you might say, well, there's no Old Testament temple now. How does that work? Well, of course, we all know that the scripture says the body of Christ is the temple of God. But there's a more important way that we do temple worship. If you read Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, it talks about how the, the Old Testament tabernacle and temple was a shadow of the real temple in the heavenly places. And that now in Jesus Christ, who's ascended to that place and is the high priest, He's the minister or liturgist in that temple, it says in Hebrews 8 too. We actually enter into that worship when we come together to worship as a church. We actually declare it every Sunday in our liturgy. We'll do it in a little while. We'll say, and we join our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. They're in the temple right now. And we're there too. We're joining in that temple. And so the principle is the first tenth is the Lord's. And the first tenth goes to where we worship our church. And then the third principle, as I said earlier, is God gave us the tithe as training wheels. It says in Deuteronomy 14, 23, that God wanted Israel to bring the whole tithe, bring the whole tithe to the temple. Why? To train you to always fear the Lord. Now, fear the Lord is an Old Testament phrase. It literally means to worship, reverence, honor, love, be faithful to. That's what it means. And so God said, I'm giving you this practice. And this practice has so much power that it will train your heart to trust me, to love me, to worship me, to follow me. It's heap big spiritual power wrapped up in this practice. And God wants to train us to have that orientation towards him. And part of what that orientation means is we become generous like he becomes generous. And we do it as we step into this practice. If you think about it, it's, it's a beautiful thing that God has done because everyone can do it. I was in Rwanda. When was the last time in Rwanda? Eight years ago? Eight years ago. And we were training pastors in one of the, there's an archdeacon who's over a whole bunch of pastors, Anglican pastors, and he asked me to teach about stewardship. And I said, well, I teach about the tithe. Is, is that okay? And he just looked at me like, 
What else would you talk about? You know, why don't you talk about what the Bible teaches? And, and what happened in my mind is I realized my Western privilege was showing up. Because, like, well, these guys are really poor. Surely I shouldn't put that on them. And he's like, no, it's just the opposite. We are privileged to step into that practice. Even though we don't have much, we can give a portion as well. We can give our tenth, just like you, American, give you, can give your tenth. Everyone can do it. Everyone can do it. It's a beautiful thing. And so God has this, this, this action, this practice that we can step into and forms us and trains us. So let me summarize and I'll move on. So if we want to step into generosity, God wants us to be people that our hearts are generous. But to get there, we have to train our hearts. So he's given us the gift of the tithe, the tenth. The first tenth of everything we bring in is the Lord's. We bring it to where we worship, and it trains us and forms us to be people who love, worship, honor God, and are generous people. Next question. How do you do it? So I don't, I don't know who here practices the tithe or not, or anyone does. I do. I hope you do too. But how do you step into it? Well, one way you can step into it is just take the plunge. You just go, I'm going to start doing this. It's time. I'm going to step into it. Most people, that kind of freaks them out. They've never practiced this yet. So you have a handout. You don't have to look at it right now, but I can refer to it. You can look at it at home. That I call the ladder of generosity. And it's a way of just thinking through how to step into the spiritual practice of generosity. And so if you look at the bottom of the ladder, the very, very bottom is the person who never gives. And if that's where you're at, what I'd say is you need to start giving. Do something. Do something that's regular, rhythmic, and start with a percentage. If you can only bear to do 1%, if your heart's just not, has no faith to step into this yet, 1%, 2%, whatever, but do something, do it consistently, and keep it up. It's critical. If you don't do that, you'll never step into generosity. You just won't. And then, and then over time, what you want to do is begin to increase that. Maybe every month you raise it a percent until you get to 10%. Or maybe it's you know, every three months or six months. Whatever, you and the Holy Spirit can discern that. But you don't just... You've you heard people say this in Christian life. They're talking about a struggle and you're like, I'm in the process with that. Sometimes people are just always in process with stuff and never get where they're supposed to get. So, so don't always be in process. Eventually get to where the Lord wants you and step into this. But begin to give and then begin to make a plan to grow your giving and then get to the point where you're practicing the tithe. And then that's kind of the starting point. Then as the Lord grows your heart in generosity and he might grow your resources over time, then by God's grace, you'll get to do more. And here's an amazing thing, and people that tithe will tell you this. It's true for me. Till I practiced the tithe, I had a hard time giving. I practiced the tithe, then it was like, I want to give more. I can't wait to give. It does something to your heart. The Lord works in you and sets you free into generosity. It sets you free into giving. And so that maybe at some point you go beyond the tithe and you're giving and maybe even get to a place of like radical generosity. You know, the first homily I preached on this subject two weeks ago, I told a story about a friend of mine who didn't have his wallet baptized. And he's a unique person, expert in finances, investment, money. But his goal, and this is just God's call on his life, this is not for everyone, 
his goal is to live on 10% and give 90. I don't know if he's there yet, but he's on his way. And he's loving it. He's loving it. He's loving it. Because that's where joy is. That's where joy is. To give is the source of joy, just like God gives. So I want to encourage you, friends, brothers, and sisters, if you want to baptize your wallet, the final step is to step into generosity and to look at what you're doing and say, am I doing nothing? It's time to start something. If I'm doing something, it's time to step forward. Maybe it's time to go to the full time and step into full obedience and bring that practice in alignment with what the Lord says in the scriptures. Well, there's so much more I could say, and I do a podcast during the week, little 10-minute snippets each day, and I'm going to unpack some questions around this that people often have. But, but let, me, let me close with this thought. Every Sunday, we get to see the generosity of the Lord. We see his generosity in his body broken and his life poured out. We see it. And then we get to receive it. And it's a gift. He doesn't ask for anything in return. Our holiness is just a way of saying thank you for a free gift that has no strings attached. That's who God is. That's who he is for us. And so the one who invites us into generosity went first. Went first. And gave everything for us. But it's more than that. It's not just sort of like he's holding his generosity over you and calling you to be generous. It's this, that, that he wants to give you that generosity. He wants to pour it into your life. He wants to pour it into your hearts. And he wants to set you free from the fear of being generous. And he wants to set you free into the freedom of the kingdom. And he wants to set you free into the joy and blessedness of generosity. It's what he wants for all of us. And you can trust me, it's a place of joy. Every Sunday, I'll say in just a few minutes, I say, and I remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. How he is teaching us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. When I cross this scripture off, I'll say to myself, you know, either Jesus is telling the truth, or Jesus is not telling the truth. Or he's lying. Pick one. I pick he's telling the truth. And if he is, that his invitation to generosity, generosity that strengthens us, is a great gift because he wants to bless us. That's what Malachi says. It's the only time the scripture says, test the Lord and see if he won't bless you and provide for you. That's the invitation. The invitation to generosity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I invite